Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? For the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene, want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who and OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Heyo, this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. <laughs> this is episode 16 of OCR Talk. Thanks for listening in. We've got so much to talk about. You probably have missed us. And just as much as you miss us, I miss you guys too. Like, I feel kind of sad whenever I don't get to record every whenever week. we don't get to record. Yeah, and I get harassed. Like, when are y'all <laughs> recording a new episode? When's the new episode coming out? Y'all going to talk about this? Y'all going to talk about that? <laughs> you must hear it more than I do then. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but uh, actually, this past weekend, I was at I was at a race, and one of one of our listeners came up to me, and he lives in Lafayette, and I met him once at a workout before a battle race last year, and he said... I really wish y'all would make your episodes longer because I listen to y'all whenever I run and oh, wow. an hour is just not long enough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. But oh, my gosh, <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah, that is really cool. And I'm sorry that we can't uh, oblige for that because it, you know, our our stick has become. Yeah, we're the we're going to be the podcast that, that is not going to be consistent like some of the others yeah we're gonna leave you wanting more (laughs) because i mean if we were just consistent we would just be too reliable right you would (laughs) well we just do have too much going on and as much as i would love that life man life adulting those kinds of things and you make time for what's important and i know you know we do squeeze this in where we can and because it is important to us and it's it's a lot of fun and we love the sport that much. So. Yes. And we love you guys that much. <laughs> we do this we do this for ourselves, man. But yeah, I'm glad that it's turned into we can do this for you as well. It's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. A lot. You think? What was our last episode? The battle race cool. episode. Yeah, it was the battle recap and yeah. so we didn't get to even talk about Noram like as a precursor. Right. So, as a build up so let's start off. I had a quick question, and I think I have a quick answer for myself, so you can you know, answer it your, yourself as well. What has made you, if anything, question your goals for athletics, particularly OCR, of course? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's so funny you're asking me this right now because, <laughs> like, so before we started recording, I told, I told you that I came down with shingles after Battle OCR, and it... <laughs> It was the most horrible thing I've ever gone through. Like to have chicken pox as a kid, yeah, it sucks. But then like to have it again in in another form as an adult, oh my gosh. Like (laughs) it just, I was so tired and fatigued. And then like it was, I was in pain and then I was exhausted at the end of the day because I was in so much pain. And so 
yeah, so I haven't been able to do as much as far as like training intensity goes or anything yeah. like that. So it's been so frustrating, so frustrating so trying to get back into it. How long did it last? Luckily, I caught it pretty early, so it really only lasted like two, three weeks. So two, three I'm, weeks. Yeah, I'm still getting. I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, my mom's friend that got it, but granted he was older, but my mom's friend that got it, he dealt with it for like three months. So, wow, yeah, yeah. So luckily, you know, I, I'm all clear and good to go. But yeah, just getting back into training after like an illness or anything like that, like it's so frustrating because you don't feel like you felt before everything, before you got sick or injured, and this. Like a, And this goes for anything, like an injury or a sickness. So you don't feel 100% like you did before you got sick or injured. So you're almost expecting yourself to be at that level again, but right. you just aren't. Like, And I guess I'm an impatient person sometimes <laughs> and I get I get very frustrated with myself if I'm not if I if I feel like I'm not performing at the level that I know I can perform at or train at or whatever. Yeah, it it frustrates frustrates me to no end, and I start thinking like, what am I even doing? Like, what if this lasts forever? What if what if this feeling never goes away? Like, this is so frustrating. And then you start questioning like, should I really still be doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> should I really still be you know pushing myself this hard? You know, or am I just stressing myself out? So I think that's the biggest thing with me is that. I'm, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I think that's what makes me go to that way of thinking where I just start questioning everything. Yeah. And that's interesting that you, you say that because it really actually lines up with, with my answer too, in, in illness, you know, I've talked about the illness that I had this year quite a bit. And what I, what I found is that, you know, this is a hobby. So if we stop doing it, we're going to find some other hobby to do. Maybe we'll get into some other sport. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just be painting or something. But w- for myself, it really came when the, when I felt like I went and got a stress test finally. And then they were just like, oh, stress test came back fine. And it's just like, well, well, then what the heck's wrong with me? So it really made me think, you know, if this keeps up and I don't start to feel better, what does that mean? Should I just back off? Should I change to doing only short courses? So it really made me kind of think about that. And mm-hmm. luckily, I, I've, I feel like I've been able to focus on my nutrition while I'm running. Whereas in the past, I, I kind of run myself a little ragged and don't, uh, you know, go on long 16 mile runs without with only goose and nothing else right. and then want to die at the end. But <sighs> So I've done a few long runs since then and done a better job of feeding myself through the process and definitely helped me out. And, and I think I think it's working because uh, this past weekend, you know, did NORAM and uh, felt fine through pretty much the whole thing. As far as those issues, I can't really say I had any problems. So so I'm feeling pretty confident and positive so far. That's good. But I think that's the thing is when that happens, what do you do? You know, you got to. You got to think you really just got to reflect and think about what's important. And, you know, if if you can't do this, is it the end of the world? No, it's not. So, right. You know, find goals elsewhere in life and move on. Come back to it if you need to. Whatever you need to do. Yeah. It's good to have goals, but it's it's better to not have those goals put pressure on you so much that you're not you're not enjoying the journey. Right. And if you're if you're just broken completely because you can't hit those goals. That's not very healthy. Either. Yeah. So I just got to be realistic about it. We have some reviews. Nice. I <laughs> mistakenly, every, every time I check for reviews, I always check the website and I didn't realize that the iTunes website oh. doesn't show them all. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to actually log into the app because I don't have a, a Mac. So I actually have to log into the, iTunes application and look at them there. And I saw there was, I think, eight ratings, but six reviews. So we actually have three more reviews that we had. So one, the first one was by, I'm going to read it as Dup Maro New, because I think it stands for Duplessis Mark, possibly. 
Maybe, I maybe not. Venture to guess, but you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> and it's titled "Just a Good Conversation About What's Happening in OCR." And he gave us five golden stars. And he said, Live, "Loving the format of this podcast, it feels as if I'm sitting there with my friends, just having a conversation and learning more about their the role of OCR every time." Which is a really cool thing to say because Mark is a friend, and you know when we get together, that's typically what we're talking about a lot of times. Pretty anyways. much. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm glad it feels like that. And I hope when, when I listen and before we started this podcast, that's kind of what I felt with the other podcast. And it's like, man, I want to I want to be part of this conversation. And that's why we started this. So we could. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one is from SGA Spartan and they titled it Good Idea! Exclamation point and gave us five golden stars yeah. and said, great concept. Sound quality is very good also. <laughs> and that's you know we strive for that oh yeah. and speaking of which who t- who said something nice about our quality recently oh yeah so yeah so i was listening to matt b davis the other day on his podcast and he said something very flattering about our sound quality that it was <laughs> it was incredible i think that is the word that he used but yeah he did use the word incredible he, you so you listen to that episode uh-huh <laughs> yeah i was listening to it on my way home from baton rouge i was like well how about that <laughs> <laughs> I messaged him and said he made me blush. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the next one is by Funky D930. And it says, keep it up. And gave us five golden stars and said, I'm really digging your show. I love how accessible your show is. Your first show actually helped me to prepare for my first race. Thank you and keep it up. How cool is that? Nice. I like it. <laughs> For Funky D's first race, I'm curious what it was. If you hear this, Funky D, uh, send us a message on Facebook or email us at ocrtalk at gmail.com. Let us know what that first race was and how it went. I'd be interested to know. I'd kind of like to maybe do that. I don't know. I'm just tossing around this idea in my head of just, and I think we kind of started to get there on Facebook at, when in the comments whenever in the CCG athletes group whenever we were talking yep. about talking about the upcoming race this weekend. <laughs> so I'm like, how cool would it be to get like multiple people or multiple people from other podcasts even to like jump on the show and make this collaborative episode? Yeah. That would be cool. You know, Matt B. Davis and Will Hicks, they, they've done that multiple times. Not yeah. a ton, but they've done it a few times here and there. And it, it does seem to always turn into, I think, a good conversation. Yeah, for sure. What we're going to do in a little bit. Now, it is... 410 right now so it's not really a a a conducive time of the day to do so (laughs) but i'm gonna put up a zoom meeting and throw out a link into that ctg athlete uh, elite athletes page and see if anybody hops on if they do then they can talk about the upcoming races this weekend with us that'd be cool but before we get there a couple other things to go over one we got contacted by a guy Chris Love. This is a guy, an older guy, who is writing, I think, uh, I think it might be released already, an OCR book. And, and it's basically an OCR book for, uh, basically for, for beginners. Now, there's some information in there that could be used by in, anybody for sure. Uh, I think it's just a, you know, an online, like a PDF book. It might be like 10 bucks or something like that. But dude has a lot of information in there. Man, that dude jam-packed it full of stuff. So, he does focus mostly on Spartan and actually goes through like, here's pretty much every obstacle that they got. Here's what you need before the races. Here's what you need after the race. Like he really dives pretty deep. So I think from a beginner's perspective, it might be a little overwhelming at first to just read that whole thing straight through before you go. But as you you know do your first race, do your second race to kind of start picking up different little tips and things throughout the throughout the book. It's got some good stuff in it, man. He has a website, SpartanObstacles.com slash OCR book. OCR dash book. SpartanObstacles.com. You can pick it up there. Check it out. So the reason he contacted us because he had a part in there about OCR podcast where he talked about, you know, ORM and World's Toughest Podcast. And he had a page in there for us, which was real sweet. Other news that came about this past weekend, I believe, is Rugged Maniac sold for $10 million. Goodness 
gracious. I can't help but think <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but think that they're pushed to do so many races this year. Was it them that was adding all those races and like all those state and all the different states? You might be thinking of terrain. Terrain. Maybe I was thinking of terrain. But they did add a lot of races this year to their schedule. Yeah. From last year. So I mean, I can't help but wonder how long that was in the works. Do you know the background of Rugged Maniac? I do. Oh, they were on Shark Tank, right? Right. So they're right. the ones that they sold to Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is just you know one of the guys on there, and so uh, for I think they got a million dollars for twenty five percent of the business, mm-hmm. and they, it just sold for ten million. So obviously, dude made money on it. But I don't know. It's pretty cool because. It means it. it mean, it's got to mean they're doing well, and it's got to mean that somebody else with money is interested in investing. It'll be interesting to see how that company and the brand evolves, though. Coming that is very true. After that, yeah, because I hope it's not a battle frog type situation <laughs> where they just get bought out and shut it down, or maybe they'll maybe they'll rebrand. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Keep an eye open for that. Okay. Let's get into Noram. Dun, 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 or what? <laughs> How was that? Because I was living vicariously through I, you and April that weekend. You know, I thought about it and I thought if I were in Anna's shoes and I was missing this race, I would probably, when I can't post, when I can't record because I'm too busy, I think I feel as sad as you <laughs> may have when you missed <laughs> the Noram race. <laughs> I was especially sad whenever Sid said he was bringing some of the obstacles up there. And I was like, oh, man, are you serious? (laughs) But that was I I don't know how long that was in the works for. But I guess we found that out right after um, the battle race. So, well, I think according to Sid that it came about pretty shortly before the race actually happened. Nice. I don't remember exactly why. You know, you'd have to ask him. But I want to say he said that it wasn't long after that battle race that he actually got hooked up with, you know, whoever he had been trying to contact throughout the past year or two. Right. And and, uh, got it going, which is awesome. That's so awesome. They had, yeah, two obstacles there. You know, I've heard the words battle race on, I think, maybe Link Endurance and on Mm -hmm. Strength and Speed. So word got around that uh, they got some good obstacles. So. Yeah, awesome. I know uh, Mo and Miles and Victor were talking about it on their podcast yeah. earlier this week. Very cool. I'm surprised how many um, pros gave up their bands on Triumph, on Dragon's Back. Well, you know, it, it, it freaks some people out. But yeah. in the rain, that rope swing at the end, I think, got people probably more. I, I'm going to say that people got more scared when it was wet because they were mm-hmm. afraid of slipping and falling. Right. And... The rope swing at the end definitely got more people, too, because, you know, the rope's wet and slippery. Right. Which, if you get to a rope swing and you can't grip it, use your feet. Even yeah. if it's a, a swing across to something else, hook those feet in as you start swinging and yeah. you'll be good to go. A couple of things about Dragon's Back. When Blind Pete did it, he freaking did a flip over the bar, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you hadn't seen that video, go look it up. He jumps, you know, the, his his guy. Joey McGlamory. Yeah, so he gets ahead and like tells him where it's going to be at. Now, I hear that he can kind of gauge distance based off his voice and stuff. Right. So he jumps, grabs the bar, and just like spins over it before he <laughs> jumps off of it. It's pretty phenomenal. That was so awesome. <laughs> he like kind of chicken winged it. <laughs> yeah. He'll hold himself up there, which isn't a bad idea. Yeah. Now, even Mo was talking about how when he jumped into it, he felt like if he would have, you know, because running up that mountain, if he would have put planted his toes into the board, he would worry about cramping up or something. And yeah, rupturing his Achilles. Yeah. Like how Michael Mark did. He, I think he got the right idea pretty quickly to just plant your feet flat into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good tip for any obstacle where the board is not flat. The more you can make your body perpendicular to that board, the better you're going to stay on it. Yeah, because the more you're on your toes and you're just straining your Achilles, the I mean, your chances of hurting your Achilles and yeah, it just increases that much more. Jump into that wall flat footed and just hang on for dear life. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I've been thinking about it. You know, one of the things that people always worry about, if you fall backwards, you're going to fall into the scaffolding. Right. What if whoever made that obstacle, Sid or whoever, anybody else that's making that type of obstacle, put some of those gym pads on that framing? You know how you <laughs> see at the back end of a gym wall? Yeah. So that if you run into the wall, you don't smack your head straight into it. Right. What if, what if they had that just tied down to the framing? Would I wonder if that yeah. would... Yeah, you know, that's not a bad idea. That's It's really not a bad idea. It's a good improvement to make the obstacle a little safer. Just yeah. because it does happen, and I've seen it, I saw it happen this weekend, just mm. people that, there was a, there was one that I think she had the bar, but and she had landed on the wall, but um, her hand slipped off, so she slid down the wall, and as soon as, you know, you go falling down the wall, it's kind of a steep incline. It's like a 45-degree yeah. wall. So, yeah, as soon as you hit the ground, you still have a lot of momentum, so you fall backwards. And you know, I think it was her back that hit the that hit the mm. pole or something like that. Something like that wouldn't be a bad idea to add to it, at least just to wrap around the pole, or even just to put, just to mount up there. I guess right, to have something to break your fall a little bit. At the very least, the way they pad the the poles in a kid's play place. Right. Exactly. That would that would help. It, obviously, it's going to increase the price on you know making that obstacle but when it comes to safety there's only there's only so many times you can let people get hurt before you have to change something about it right so yeah on that one actually we had that obstacle at this week this past weekend there was a ntb mud run in um, picayune mississippi it's a smaller smaller little mud run for for charity but yeah, Sid's obstacle was set up there too, right before the end. <laughs> and so my daughter ran, after I ran the competitive heat, my daughter ran with Sid's two daughters and they came to to triumph. And if my 12-year-old can do it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was up there for a while, but she finally jumped and she did it. And it's like, she was so happy that she did it. Mm-hmm. Whenever she got to the other side, she was just like crying tears of joy because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, that was so much fun. So yeah, if my 12 year old could do it. Yeah. Anybody can. And, and it's not that it's a hard obstacle. It's really no. not. It's just a mental game. Yeah, but it's mental. I, I do really feel strongly about if you're making an obstacle, you need to prepare because there's somebody's gonna mess up and, and, break themselves as worse bad as possible. So oh, yeah. you have to prepare for people that fail. Yeah, guaranteed. I mean, you have people that, you know, fall off the six foot wall, you know? So, right. you know, you have to prepare yourself for anything and everything that could possibly happen. The event as a whole was freaking, it was, it was awesome. I'm super pumped and glad that I went. And not only did I have good races, like I felt really great about my times awesome the weather was perfect for my races because <laughs> my heats went and literally as i crossed the finish line for the 15k it started sprinkling wow and i was like man i'm glad i'm off the course <laughs> you know for the team race you know of course that made for an even more exciting time and people weren't slipping and sliding as much as i thought they would be but it was still pretty messy and and wet I only had to do a couple of obstacles during a team race. Now, this is another interesting thing on the team race. When they start letting the the pros go, and there is no age group for the team race, just because I think the small amount of people that run it. Mm-hmm. So there's just pro and open. And from the beginning, they had volunteers drying Lagaff, the one that's the yeah. teeter-totter poles. I heard about that. Yeah, and they also put some sports tape around it too so you actually had something to grip on because a wet pole a wet metal pole that's vertical is about near impossible to hang on to and it it really helped and i love that they did that because it kept the race being a race instead of just who can do the stupidest wettest obstacle you know first (laughs) but uh so even in, in wet weather it uh it was nice. It was really cool. I, I love that they make make those kind of changes during the race and that they're real just in tune with, you know, how can we make sure that the uh, failure percentage is what we want it to be? Right. They really focus on that a lot. Rain is a pretty good equalizer as far as, you know, if you have the skill and the grip strength to make it through a wet 
obstacle, that's great. But whenever it's just the weather is just relentless and it's an open heat. So, you know, you've already got your competitive heat out of the way. I, I mean, they were talking about that on Link Endurance, too, about is that OK to just start, you know, drying off? Is that fair? Like, is that something that you would want them be, to be doing during your race? I think if I was running open, <laughs> I'd probably appreciate it. I mean, if I'm running competitively, that might be a different conversation. But if, you know, if I'm just running open, then, you know, I think I think I'd kind of appreciate that effort. Well, I, you know, I did run. We ran me, Juan and a, a guy, Mark. We ran in the pro waves and, you know, the pros, they're still running for money. The first place team gets money. And like I said, I think that it made for a better race rather mm-hmm. than just being who can get lucky first through right. a stupid obstacle. So I, I really appreciate that they did that. And I, I liked it. I don't see anything as it being not fair because they did it from the beginning. They did it as soon as the, the pros started. Mm-hmm. So every time somebody went through, they wiped it down. And, and you can ask Mo how diligent they were because he was one of them doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was, So it was fair for everybody. It wasn't just right. whenever the volunteer had time. <laughs> yeah. And Mo, Mo said he, he learned to be a good pole dancer, so you need to hire him. He's available. <laughs> it's going to be his side job. <laughs> now, after the, the, the team race. Now, one thing I, I, I'm not going to do with this podcast is go through all the obstacles that they had and explain them all. For those who haven't heard them yet, go listen to, listen to Link Endurance, their podcast about their episode about NORAM. Strength and Speed, their episode about NORAM, and then coming this next weekend, uh, well, actually, Obstacle Running Adventures, their previous episode about NORAM, uh, about just Friday and Saturday, they talk about some obstacles. But then coming this next weekend, they're going to release interviews that I did with Mike and Caitlin. And so me and April ran the charity race with Mike, and afterwards we had dinner. And then after we ate, we, he broke out the mic and we had some interviews and it was really cool. And those guys, Mike and Caitlin are super cool, super pumped about getting to hang out with them again in uh, world's toughest mutter, hoping that we can get them in a tent next to us in a spot next to us. We could have like the OCR podcast row. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we did the charity race and then we did the, the, during those interviews, we talked about a lot of the stuff. So during the charity race, we still did quite a few of the obstacles and we talked about all the ones that are in there on Mike's podcast. So check that out to hear all of those. And also I posted a video on my personal page that showed some of the obstacles that I did. April during the 15 K went up the mountain and filmed me a little bit. Uh, so Jason Dupree, check out my, my personal Facebook page for that. But then I posted uh, during the charity race. So a lot of stuff of April and Mike doing the obstacles. Now this was exceptionally cool because April, this was the first time she ever did a like legit race. She had done a foam fest. She's done a foam fest, which has inflatable obstacles, but this is the first time like really doing like monkey bars and you know, stuff like that. That's so cool. And you'll see from the video that we posted on the OCR talk page that she did awesome. Like from a first timer perspective, she did not expect to be able to hang from stuff and do the rope climb, but she got it. Like we gave her, you know, just a little bit of instruction and she took it and was able to do a lot, a lot of stuff. Very cool. That's so cool. Hopefully April can be some encouragement to some other people because if somebody who doesn't think they can do it goes out there and just gives it a shot and is able to accomplish more than they thought, same could be true for you. Definitely. That's awesome. Is she like completely hooked now? Or not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Not the racing itself, but she has like been super intrigued with starting something video related for, you know, media, like, uh, like videos for OCR related stuff. So she's got something in the works. Awesome. That, uh, you know, we're not going to mention exactly what it is yet, (laughs) but she's been making a page and some, uh, some graphics, you know, doing some graphic design for her logo and whatnot. So pretty awesome. cool. I did all four events. Did the 3K, 15K, team challenge or a team race, and then the charity race. Mm-hmm. By time I finished the team race, carrying those, the farmer's carry, 
you know, the, the little grocery shopping bags with oh. sand in them. Yeah. <laughs> Carrying those down the hill destroyed my elbows, I think. Really? Just because it's so much, you know, trying to run down the hill with those things is like yanks on your arms. Right. And I, I've had a tendency in the past to get kind of like a tendonitis in my elbow mm-hmm. from doing long, uh, long events or multiple events in a row. And so I think that kind of started to happen. So for the entire charity run, every time I would do an obstacle and get off of it, my elbow would kind of ache. So I think probably next time I probably won't do the charity race too. Because <laughs> it was, I mean, it was killer on my body. I was just wiped for the next couple of days. But it was for a good cause. Yeah. But I would not go again and not do at least the 3K, 15K in the team race because those are just so much fun. And I just feel like if you go and don't do that, you're missing out. I was so close to signing up this week. <laughs> so close. Oh, you didn't do it? No, I couldn't oh. pull the trigger. I, I have <laughs> I have commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll happen. I'm going to find myself like five months before the event, like finally signing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who knows? Hopefully they'll have a good a good discount by then or at that point. I'm sure. I'll wait till Black Friday or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that mountain was, was high, man. First two miles was all the way to the top. You PR'd your 5K after coming home from that, huh? Yeah, I so saw just that on today, Strava. I don't know what the heck happened. I, I went it's out that and I was mountain like, air, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I was teaching, teaching an online class today, and I was like, I gotta, if I'm going to run today, I got to get it done, and I got to go out and just make it happen and get it done quickly so I can get back and shower and, and eat and all that. And so I went out uh, with a purpose and started going, had a pretty good pace, like 7.30 pace, and I was like, there's no way I'm keeping this up. <laughs> And uh, after about the first 10 minutes, I backed it off to something more sustainable. And I was at about an eight minute pace for the rest of the way. And like I said, I, I, there was a monkey bar in the in the middle. And I've been telling myself, I want to start practicing, not practicing, but actually in races, practicing running into obstacles, you know, not stopping for a breather, but mm-hmm. going straight into them and straight out of them. Yeah. And the reason I don't do that is because, you know, like a lot of people, you're when you're out of breath, you're that taxes your grip and it makes it harder to hang on longer. So you get worried that you're going to be more likely to let go. Yeah. Now, I feel pretty darn comfortable with my grip on most obstacles. Pegatron's a different story. I'll still need the rest for that. But <laughs> yeah, you know, even during the charity race after it was raining, I was still able to get through everything. The only thing that fell off of on my one try was Stairway to Heaven, which I've also thought about some different techniques to help get through that because I know it's possible in the rain. Yeah. And I think Miles talked about that on on their podcast, too, because they were also talking about getting in through the obstacles and really not not wasting your time, like walking up to the obstacles and kind of whenever you're done, just kind of walking off. And I've I've heard this from several different athletes as well is whenever you're approaching the obstacle and you've got a good comfortable pace going but your heart rate is still up you you do want to bring your heart rate down enough to where your movements are still efficient and they're and you're not trying to catch your breath as you're doing the obstacle (laughs) because then you'll it'll just defeat the purpose so you do want to bring your heart rate down before you attack the obstacle but then that will give you enough enough energy store to kind of just take off running whenever you're you're finished with it. Yeah, and I think you can do that without actually walking, you know, just slowing yeah. down your pace. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I really just need to trust my body. You know, if I if I feel like I can do it just because I'm I'm taxed and, and gassed doesn't mean that my body's gonna fail me. Right. Like it might. And that's <laughs> that's kinda what I wanna put into practice this weekend and, and see how it goes, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what I find is is for me anyway, because I like, you know, I like more of the longer races. But for me, that's what I find difficult about the shorter races and the sprints, because, I mean, those fat, short, fast races, you're redlining the whole way. And, you know, you know, the little time that you take to get your heart rate down before you come up to an obstacle that could really hurt your time or your placement if you're really trying to compete. Right. 
But at the same time, at the same time, you really want to push yourself <laughs> because it's such a short race that if <laughs> right. you if you sleep on it, you're just done. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's I've had the same struggle. I just it's it's hard for me to make that connection because I just like kind of slow grinding it out, you know? Yeah. And my thought is if I'm in if I somehow happen to find myself in in, in a contention place then I probably will be a little bit more careful. Yeah. But if I'm in the normal kind of middle of the pack road that I typically am, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go for it, man. Just try it out and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like this past weekend at that NTB mud run, uh, as far as like females go, I, was, I, I had a pretty good placement the whole race. I didn't take out, take off, you know, off the starting line at a crazy sprint. <laughs> and I was still recovering and everything and i mean i was pretty happy with how i did i kind of tried i like you i was trying to i was trying to do the same thing like bring down my heart rate but not stop running but then they had simple enough obstacles to where you know they had walls and monkey bars and everything their monkey bars did have some spinners though but (laughs) you know whenever i'm coming up to an obstacle i'm like okay i know how to do this obstacle i just have to trust myself so I just know how to, I have to trust myself that I know how, how to do it and I know how to do it efficiently enough to where I can just get up on the obstacle and go. And I almost have to get on it quick enough to where I don't give myself time to think and to psych myself out and to even think about, oh, but I, I could slip and fall. <laughs> well, I could slip and fall on anything. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we've been doing this long enough to where that's kind of where we are. But yeah. for people that are still getting started and still getting used to the grip and strengthening that, I really wouldn't recommend that. I would say, you know, do that in training, but get yourself comfortable with the obstacles before you really start trying to fly, fly into them and fly out. Yeah, definitely. One thing that was really cool was after the event, so Sunday night, they had a post-race, post-event get-together, and it was really, it was open to anyone. Now, at this point, most people are trying to travel home, so it wasn't a big crowd, but I went and found that it actually turned out to be mostly people that were working the event. So when I got there, saw like Brenna, Sid was there. Uh, Adrian Vigianato wasn't there. He was already traveling to something else. But a lot of people, like I got to meet, uh, like Margaret Schlachter was there. Uh, the guy that, the, that runs the City Challenge Obstacle Course. The guy that runs OCR Series in Europe. The guy that does that was the race director does the Green Bray Challenge stuff. Oh, Mark Ballas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so got to meet uh, a lot of cool people and was really glad that I that I stayed and went to it. It was really, really neat. Good little networking opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And Sid was super cool. He was introducing me to everybody because he had been, you know, working <laughs> with them all weekend. And he's like, hey, this is Jason from OCR Talk. He's a cool guy. <laughs> he's like our biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he does a good job, and I appreciate him. Yeah, it's a good event. It really, it really was. I mean, they they just put on a quality event, and uh, I, I know I can. I've thought of a couple of things here and there afterwards that could have been better, but like for the most part, I, I couldn't pinpoint something and be like, "Yeah, this should have been better." Overall experience was positive. Yeah, overall experience was very positive, and nothing really stood out. I think they had some issues from the, in the background that they had to deal with, but they did it well enough that I, I didn't notice. Like one, one of the things was Legaf that didn't get there on time. So they ended up having to go buy all the materials and just build it from scratch. Oh gosh. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive. So before we talk about this weekend, this weekend is Conquer the Gauntlet in Tulsa and it's a team race. So you guys are coming up yep. and we're racing together and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> but Conquer Gauntlet just recently announced they're doing a, next year, they're doing multi-lap races. So, you know, in their regular race, they're going to have a multi-lap wave and they're calling it Continuum. So Conquer Gauntlet Continuum is the multi-lap version. So just like Warzone, just like Toughest. BFX. Yeah, BFX. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very interested to see, I mean, I'm already signed up. I'm already signed up for for Dallas for next year. So. (laughs) Very interested to see how they do it and if there'll be any penalties or like what's the options if you can't do Pegatron. <laughs> yeah, so this weekend is Conquer Gauntlet Tulsa. This is going to be, I think, their second team race of the year, unless they had one in Wichita already. I forget. You're going to have the regular race on Saturday, team race on Sunday, 
And at the same time, Evan Preparis is doing his Endure the Gauntlet thing. So he's going to be running 48 hours over the weekend, you know, start to finish basically for the race weekend. And he's invited everybody to run a lap or two with him. And you sign up for, I think it was like 45 bucks and you get a medal and a shirt and stuff and it all goes to charity. So pretty cool. I am partaking in that myself. The team race, I'm doing the Endure the Gauntlet as well. I had bought Daniel a registration for the individual race (laughs) and I'm, I'm actually going to, I want to volunteer during the individual races. So I'm planning on that. And yeah, doing the team race and then doing Endure the Gauntlet at night with Evan as well. Maybe nice. not so late at night as you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we found an Airbnb that's not actually too far away. It's like maybe 15 minutes away from the venue. So yeah, I'm probably going to, I don't know, maybe run about eight, nine o'clock, something like that. Right on. That sounds great. And uh, I do believe the rules this year say that uh, at least two people on your team have to race. Yeah, I think it was two Saturday. or three people. So as long as I know me and Kevin and you, I mean, uh, and Daniel will be. So Yeah, that was his little birthday present that I got him this year. Uh, my plan is to run a lap with Evan at 11 or 12, somewhere around there, but then do it again on Saturday night. So... I'm going to basically try and kill myself this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But really cool how you can do that. Like you can just register once, pick a time. But really, he's like, you know, run with me as much as you want to. Right. Yeah. And it's for a good cause. And um, I figured it's just good practice for World's Toughest. I got to get I got to get ramped up and, you know, start really training for that again now that I'm feeling a little (laughs) bit better. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, practice running with a headlamp exactly. in the cooler weather. Well, it probably won't be that Yeah, cool, no, it won't be cool, very cool. <laughs> but <laughs> at least in the dark with the headlamp and the strobes and everything like yeah. that. So When you're a little more tired. Right. I got a gimbal. Do you know what that means? A, what that is? A what? A gimbal. A gimbal. <laughs> a gimbal. I think I, I could be pronouncing it wrong is you you see the people that run around like the OCR tube guy runs around with his phone or a GoPro or something on this little stick. Yeah. It's not a selfie stick. (laughs) It's just. It kind of reminds me of a selfie stick though. (laughs) It it does a little bit, but what it does is it really stabilizes the phone or whatever's on there way better than you ever could with your hands. So when you, you can, move your hand all around and the phone will stay exactly where it's at. It's really super cool. And I'm pretty sure it's what Spartan is using for their uh, filming whenever they're running after the athletes. And I, I look, I, I thought those things were going to be super expensive and I looked them up and they have some that are super expensive, but they have others that are only a hundred bucks. So I got a, not the cheapest one, but I got a cheaper one. Uh, to try out and I'm going to bring it with me. And at least on one of those laps, I want to take it out and do some filming, you know, during the night run and get some shots and it'll give me something to do during the day after the race. That's right. I need to do it Friday night so I can do it after the race on Saturday, but it'll give me some cool shots and I can edit it on my phone and make a little video for the conquer endure the gauntlet thing. Nice. So you're running Friday night then? Yeah. My plan is to run, you know, get there, run Friday night, then race Saturday, then race run Saturday night, and then race the team race on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get there early enough for us to do anything on Friday. Oh, you're planning on just running Saturday night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably just running Saturday night. And I don't know, I'm, I may end up starting earlier just so I could get more more miles in, more, slap, more, more laps in. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how I'm feeling. Conqueror Gauntlet, they released the map. Got some interesting things on there. Uh, an obstacle t- called Tiger Trap. Tiger I don't know trap. if I know what that is. That's a new one. They've listed out Tiger Trap. Elephant Graveyard is the newer one with the the the, verti- the horizontal pipes, two vertical pipe traverse, two horizontal pipes. Sherwood Forest, I imagine, is just a run through some trees, possibly. <laughs> I'm not sure. Nothing but net. I'm not sure what that one is either. Big cargo net? Possibly. Smooth Criminal, that's the one with the like ninja quintuple steps at the beginning to traverse slanted wall, I guess, <laughs> slip wall traverse. That one's pretty cool. 
Cliffhanger, I feel like, is an old one that they hadn't had in the past couple of years. Like some boards, basically, um, you know, multiple two by eights put together and you have to kind of just shimmy across them. Huh. Across across them, not across. <laughs> but the the list has one, two, one, two, three, four mystery obstacles. Mm. Now, more than likely, one of them will be Pegatron. One of them will be Tarzan Swing. But I don't know what the other two will be. So that's really interesting. That would be hilarious if the Tarzan swing was right after Torpedo right at the end because <laughs> Torpedo, you slide into the water. <laughs> right. Get your hands all wet. <laughs> that's basically what they had us do at my first Conquer the Gauntlet. I think I think we had <laughs> to like run through water. And then I think they did have have Stairway to Heaven right after the Torpedo. <laughs> I was like, that's just wrong. Yeah, stairway is probably another one of the mystery obstacles. More than likely. So that's four of them. I mean, that's three of them, but there still leaves one more to, I don't know what it would be. They've posted at one of the previous races, they had a big tarp or something around one of the obstacles. And it was probably the rig, the Tarzan swing rig. But a lot of times, like when I get to the race, I want to see it beforehand, you know, so you can kind of think about what your, you know, which hand's going to go first, what, how are you going to attack the obstacle? And they're making it to where you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty interesting. And the biggest thing about Conquer the Gauntlet is people say, you know, how should it be that hard? Do they really need to keep up in the game like that? Make it the, the obstacles where hardly anybody can complete them. And because, uh, because different companies have their different niches, I think it works. Because Conquer the Gauntlet is not, it's like us saying, yeah, we're the podcast that doesn't record that often because we have other things we have to do. You know, that that makes it to where it's like, all right, cool, that's your thing. Matt B. Davis is like, hey, I'm the podcast where I don't edit anything. Cool, that's your thing. Well, that's Conquer Gauntlet's thing is that they, you know, they're going to make it hard as crap so that when you go to another race that if you can do their stuff, then you're going to conquer anything else. And it's yeah. true. I mean, they do market it as the hardest four miles. So, mm-hmm. and I, I would have to agree because just that, just that one race experience that I had, I mean, I had a blast, but yeah, the obstacles were very challenging. Usually at some races, you know, you'll have your standard obstacles where jump over a wall, crawl under this, carry that, whatever. But then you'll have like maybe one or two obstacles that are like, okay, now we're going to test your grip. Now we're going to test your balance. Now we're going to test this. But Conquer the Gauntlet just takes all that and says, okay, we're going to test every single skill (laughs) and see how you perform and good luck. (laughs) And it actually says on the map says 4.3 miles, which is typically supposed to be normally four, but it's a little longer and be prepared for the team race. going to be even longer than that because they'll add in some extra team obstacles, probably make it around five miles, if not more. Hmm. Interesting. God, I hope I don't stand by (laughs) y'all. I'll get in a good warm up run the night before. Yeah, I mean, I might be worn out <laughs> myself and I'll be the one sandbagging. We'll see. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's th- those team races, it's just like everybody, you know, even the pros say about NORAM or obstacle, uh, OCR World Championships, the team race is the best part of the weekend because everybody's there together. And, you know, even with this, you're there with three other people, but then you've got other teams coming by you or, you know, near obstacles with you and everybody's talking and laughing and it just makes it for a really good yeah. time. It's a different, different, different aspect of the sport. You know, it's something that in races like Conquer the Gauntlet, you don't really get typically, you know, at open ways for Tough Mudder, you get that all the time, but you don't really get that in the more competitive races. Yeah. So. Yeah, this weekend I was trying to, there was, there's a lot of people that didn't do this as often as we do, obviously. So there was, mm-hmm. there was a lot of times during the competitive wave whenever I'm just like, try it this way. It's it's easier this way. You know, I'm like, going to give tips to my competitors or something. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you don't see that in the individual, in the individual competitive heats. So I think this is going to be my first experience with a team oriented obstacle race nice that's cool yeah it's gonna be yeah. fun you're gonna because i was i was supposed to do the dallas beast last year with a team we had already assembled a team it was gonna meet okay. me and a couple other girls 
um, from battle, but then they canceled the team race. So there <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, that went. <laughs> we should try doing this Zoom thing again. Maybe on not such short notice. <laughs> yeah, that the the idea of having other people just hop in a meeting yeah. came up out of nowhere because Kevin Harkins posted a random post saying, right. "Hey, let's who's talking about the race this weekend?" And we're like, "Ah, cool, oh, we're that's a good today. idea." <laughs> <laughs> so we'll definitely have to try that again sometime. Yes, and I know Daniel wants to explain his mud <laughs> um, debacle. <laughs> so be sure to check out. Obstacle Running Adventures podcast coming up this next weekend. I'll probably release it on like on Monday or something. I think is what it usually does. Check that out to hear about our adventures with them and check out our recap, you know, hopefully sometime next week. Other than that, let's go have some fun this weekend. Oh, I'm going to bring some shirts. I've only got like larges and extra larges and maybe a couple of smalls, but I'm going to bring some more OCR talk shirts to give away at the Tulsa race. So if you're there and you yes. want a shirt and you're not medium, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Sorry for all you medium people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again for listening. Go be cool and uh, go practice body awareness on swinging obstacles. That is so huge and so important. Body awareness and uh, momentum. And grip. Well, grip too. You should have already been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're just not training grip, you're already late to the game. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. See you uh, this weekend. See you Friday evening. Yeah. Come say hi this weekend at the race, too. If y'all are in, um, where are we going to be this weekend? Tulsa. <laughs> Tulsa. <laughs> Look out for the flag. It'll be up and around. Yeah. It'll be somewhere. Or Jason will have it painted on his body somewhere. <laughs> All right. Don't forget to follow and listen and talk, and then that's it. Bye, y'all. Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.